Welcome to the Inspiration to Grow podcast with me, Lisa Oberbichler, your host and personal growth strategist. This is the place to be to transform your thoughts and habits, tap into the superpower of mindset, and become the best version of yourself. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So welcome to the Inspiration to Grow podcast. In today's episode, we're welcoming Hannah Gregg to the show. Hannah is a registered holistic nutritionist who specializes in women's hormonal health. She's a member of the Canadian Association of Natural Nutrition Practitioners and has been working under this title for the past two and a half years. She's a mom of two young children, a wife to a fabulous man, and currently resides in beautiful Port Elgin, Ontario. She is the founder of her own nutrition business called Naturally Well by Hannah and the creator of the Healthy Hormone Mastery Program, which is an all-encompassing program designed for women seeking an understanding and mastery of their hormones and their bodies. The program provides education to empower women along with meal plans, grocery lists, and easy recipes for the busy modern-day woman to use. I'm so thrilled to have you with us today, Hannah, talking about all things healthy nutrition and to share your thoughts and expertise on this topic. So a warm welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, great. Let's just jump right in. Uh, Tell us something about nutrition that not many people know about. It could be maybe a fun fact, a truth, a myth, or perhaps even a misunderstanding. Yeah, sure. So... I would love to start by saying that nutrition plays a huge role in your overall health and well-being. And we can reverse a lot of health issues using nutrition and lifestyle strategies. Hippocrates was the father of medicine, and one of his best-known sayings was, let food be thy medicine, and let medicine be thy food. And this is the absolute truth. When we dive deep into repairing our health issues through nutrition, it becomes the best medicine, one without the long laundry list of side effects that our modern-day medicine sometimes comes with. Oh, I I love that. I love that. I firmly believe in that. And I'm just glad you uh, brought that point up and just just explained it in such a, a, a clear way. Now, your approach to nutrition is to focus not just on the food we consume, but also the lifestyle and mental as well as spiritual health that goes along with that. Can you expand a bit more on that? Yeah. So as a registered holistic nutritionist and from the holistic point of view, we understand that it's a whole body approach. So mind, body, spirit, it's all intertwined and connected. And one of the really popular words out there right now is trauma. And it's it's a really popular term for good reason. There are so many studies being done and that have been done that correlate the connection between childhood trauma, um, early adulthood trauma, and disease. And I'm actually reading right now a really fascinating book um, called The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate. He's a Canadian MD. And he talks about, you know, even just the slightest amount of 
prolonged maternal stress in utero or postpartum stress that the mother is under can have really significant impacts on a child's health, can be manifesting in things like asthma or food allergies. So we really need to look at the whole picture of the individual being looked at, not just the symptom, but at the root cause, you know, whether it's trauma, diet, stress, lifestyle, you know, whatever it may be. So just so important to to use the whole person approach rather than just the one symptom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I, I love that. Now, it kind of leads into the next question. What role does mindset play in health and longevity? Because I know you uh, mentioned this on your website. Uh, and, and this is, of course, part of your approach with clients. So maybe you could just give us a quick synopsis of the mindset in terms of health and longevity. Totally. Yeah. So mindset is huge. And I do have a lot to say on this topic. It it can be both the devil's advocate and your very own cheerleader. It can have really great things and really bad things. And there's this very delicate balance when it comes to mindset. So when we have this mindset of self-improvement, you know, it can grow us exponentially. It can take us to amazing new levels in our health, in our longevity, and, you know, how great we feel as a human being. But sometimes, you know, we are so dedicated to self-improvement and self-growth and thinking we know exactly what we need to do for our health, that it can actually become a stressor in our lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have this bulletproof mindset that we have to succeed and we have to exercise. And that's great. We know that daily movement is important. So we work out every single day. And oh, we see that high intensity interval training is this amazing way to melt pounds, boost metabolism, energize you. So yeah, this is a great idea. We work out often, maybe five to six times a week, we we're doing this exercise, thinking that is boosting our health. And we have this mindset that we want to be fit and active and healthy. But doing the same thing every single day over the years can actually be very detrimental to a woman's health. And it does, again, it starts to raise our stress in our lives, which we really don't want. And it can leave us feeling depleted by the end of it. So yeah, mindset is huge. And it helps us get going and it helps us implement changes. But if anytime, you know, your health starts to change for the worse with all the quote, you know, healthy things you may be doing, then that mindset that was pushing you forward is now pushing you backwards. So I think that mindset is one of the biggest predictors of success or failure when it comes to sticking to any health program or even just in life. So when let's use the example of negative self-talk. So if we have these negative self-talk statements that are impacting our mindset every day, we may not even realize the toll that it's taking. And then those sneaky little statements can take us out of that successful achieving state and into that state of, you know, feeling like we're not good enough and feeling like we're failing at something. And I want to give your audience a couple of tools, you know, to move into the positive mindset, things that I use with my clients all the time Great. to get you into the positive mindset, but also to keep you out of that stressed out positive mindset that you're 
trying to avoid. So if you're someone that struggles with mindset, then start your day off by standing in the mirror, looking at your reflection and saying, I love you. So getting into the habit of doing this has been shown to reduce stress and anxiety in your life and promote feelings of safety. You know, you are your greatest feelings of safety and we all need to feel safe and secure. And I also get clients who have chronic illnesses to repeat the statement day by day, way by way, I'm getting healthier and healthier. You're saying it out loud and your brain starts to adopt it as being true. Tons of studies out there stating that, you know, mindset is a huge predictor of your health, but it takes a special type of person to recognize when that mindset is actually pushing you backwards. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can be, you can become too, let's say fanatical about anything. Right. Yes. And I mean, I'm always advocating you have to listen and uh, kind of dive within you what is working for you uh, mm-hmm. just because someone tells you yeah you have to jump on this trend or you have to uh, do this like you mentioned the hit intensive uh, high mm-hmm. intensity training you know just uh, listening to others and doing what they're doing without um listening to yourself and your body and what your soul needs is mm-hmm. uh, really important. I think that's exactly what you're, what you're trying to, the point you're trying to drive home here. But I love your tips on looking in the mirror and they're almost like positive as- affirmations, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we're all about self-love here and just loving yourself the way you are and just knowing that you are capable of getting through the day and, uh, you know, standing up for yourself, showing up for yourself from a from a healthcare and self care perspective, right? Yes, I love that. How were you able to reverse some of the health issues and regain your energy, your glow, and your confidence through fueling your body? So I know you mentioned this on your website. That's exactly where I got it from. But I would love to hear how you did this because I firmly believe it's possible. And you, as a nutritionist can shed a lot uh, better light on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of background. Um, When I was a teenager and started menstruating, my periods were horrible. They were super painful. Um, I typically had to be dosing up on ibuprofen and mitol. And I was missing school and work. And eventually, I just ended up going on the pill to help me out. And while the pill really helped a lot. Um, It was really impacting my mental health. So I was on and off the pill for about a decade. And I finally went off of it. Um, I was with a partner. I was like, you know what, If, if I get pregnant, it's not the end of the world. We're old enough to have children. It's fine. So I went off the pill. And this brought back my periods with a vengeance. They were so much worse They were heavier. I had really sore breasts. I was constipated. I had heavy periods. I had insomnia the week before my period. And just an overall edginess that like the smallest thing could set me over the edge into a fit of rage. 
And I also noticed that stress was a huge trigger in how I experienced my periods every month. But I was in a really stressful job. And the way that I dealt with my stress was was over-exercising, drinking a glass of wine in the evening when I was making dinner, and uh, skipping meals and drinking a lot of coffee. So it wasn't until my second maternity leave about five years later that I was again dealing with periods from hell, but this time with a three-month-old and a two-year-old. And so I decided, you know what, enough is enough. I've, I'd been researching holistic nutrition and it was really the only route that I had not gone down. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I thought my nutrition was perfect, but boy, was I wrong. So I, I went back to school. I went back to school on my mat leave and started studying holistic nutrition. Mm-hmm. And about two months into the course, I learned about a woman's delicate estrogen and progesterone balance. And if we tip the scale towards having too much of that free flowing estrogen, then our hormones are going to provide symptoms that are less than desirable. So pain, heavy periods, anxiety, mood swings, insomnia, all of the things that I had. And I also learned that cortisol, our stress hormone, plays a really significant role in our progesterone balance. And that when we are constantly making a lot of cortisol in our body, our progesterone is going to be low and our estrogen high. So just a background, things that produce cortisol in our bodies are stressful events, either perceived or actual life or death threats, um, drinking a lot of caffeine, drinking a lot of alcohol, skipping meals, and exercising too much or the wrong way during certain phases of our cycle. So after I picked my job off the ground when I learned this information, I immediately started implementing these changes to my diet, to my lifestyle, and I reversed all of my symptoms in a four-week period. So I now, it's, I don't know, how long has it been since I did that? It's been four years, and I now have had pain-free periods, no insomnia, high levels of energy. I have two bowel movements a day, stable mood. I'm happy, no more sore breasts. Like, When I found this out, I knew that I had to tell the world because not enough people know about this. Yeah, it's fascinating. And and just through your own experience, you were onto something that uh, many women, I'm sure, aren't even aware of. They they might think, well, I just have to deal with these things, you know, or maybe just uh, take pain relievers to get through it. But that you changed your lifestyle. And that yeah. brought about all of these positive um, health health changes, right? Yeah. yeah, and like that was that was something I remember thinking. You know, I remember talking to a coworker about it when I was experiencing all the pain each month, and she was like, "I never had to deal with that." And I was like, "Well, I guess I'm just one of the unlucky ones." And you know, the common practice from the doctor was, "Well." take ibuprofen or the pill like there's no there's nothing else I can tell you that that can help you with this so yeah diet and lifestyle is huge when it comes to your cycles and that's what led you to become a nutritionist correct yes correct wow 
Wow. It's often something pivotal that happens in our lives that leads us down a new path, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's, uh, let's put, I have a few more questions and I even have a few questions that were sent in by listeners that we'll get to if you, if you've got time, but um, what is your opinion around the hype of uh, supplementing our daily uh, food sources with, with, yeah. I mean, should we be taking vitamins? Which one should we be taking or can we actually try and consume these through the food that we eat? Yes. So each individual is very unique when it comes to supplementation and vitamins and what works for some people may not work for others. There's not a one size fits all when it comes to supplementation. And as a nutritionist, I definitely want to use whole food over supplementation, but Mm -hmm. supplements do play a huge role and can be really helpful when we're trying to bring the body back into balance. So typically when there's ever any symptoms that come up, you know, it's your body's way of saying, help, something's off balance. I need you to pay attention to me. So supplements can play a really critical role when it comes to bringing the body back into balance. Mm -hmm. And some should be used uh, on an as needed basis. And some should be used on a regular basis, because it can be very challenging to get some nutrients into our day to day diets. Um, For example, The amount of magnesium in our food has significantly decreased in the last 50 years, thanks to our farming practices and our pesticides that are being used that tend to leach the magnesium out of our soil and therefore our food sources. Uh, Magnesium is a factor in a lot of enzyme reactions in our body, I think around 300. And so it's super helpful for our bodies in maintaining that homeostatic balance that we want. Um, It's also a mineral that we need to help us cope with stress and rebound back from the stressful event afterwards. Uh, So magnesium glycinate is one that I often recommend to my clients, but this is only after we complete an in-depth assessment based on their diet and lifestyle. Um, And something that I also want the audience to know is that all supplements are not created equally and A lot of synthetic vitamins are hard on the body to break down because of just that. They are synthetic. They're not whole and not necessarily meant for our body. So whenever you're looking at supplements, look for purity and whenever possible, use whole food supplements versus the synthetic ones. Um, So I don't know if that kind of answers the question. Um, I, I can't give like an exact Uh, recommendation because everyone is so different when it comes to supplements. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you you can't give us kind of like a laundry list of ones that we should be taking. And I love, uh, I love that you mentioned um, not all supplements are created equal because you really have to look in to talk to an expert like yourself to find out, first of all, what your body needs Mm -hmm. and then where to go and find these, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, if you're taking any over the counter medications, you know, there's possible interactions that I'm going to look into and, and see which ones would be suited best for you. Exactly. Now, many people think about clean eating primarily for weight loss, um, maybe for heart health, but I feel we don't talk enough about nourishing our bodies for a healthy brain 
and gut. Do you have any recommendations or thoughts on this? Yes, definitely. I do. Um, I, I know I speak for myself and all of my clients when I say that when we are consuming a whole foods diet, you know, one of, you know, real healthy meat, veggies, complex carbs, healthy fats, whole grains, we feel so much more alive, so much more energized. You are essentially what you eat. You know that saying, right? You are what you eat. Mm -hmm. So when you're properly nourishing your body, you know, you're effortlessly going to maintain a healthy weight. You're effortlessly going to avoid those big diseases of inflammation, heart disease, cancer. And when we are always nourishing ourselves and providing them the substances that they need, they're going to provide us with the energy that we crave. So on top of that, our gut health is a really direct line of communication for our mental health and well-being. And the majority of our happy hormones, uh, I'm going to use serotonin as an example, 90% of the serotonin that we make is created in our gut. You know, we think of our mental health hormones as being created in our brain, but the majority of them actually are produced in our gut. And if we are not nourishing our body with the proper nutrients, Serotonin is likely not going to be produced at its highest efficacy, leading to issues with mental health. And I see so many clients with anxiety. And when we clean up the diet, the anxiety is significantly reduced or eliminated. You know, they stop taking the anxiety medication. They don't need it any longer. And when we properly nourish our bodies throughout our lives, you know, we're going to lessen the chances of experiencing those issues later in life, right? So it has to start from as early as possible. Whenever you're willing to start changing your your diet for the better, you're going to be supporting that gut health, which in turn is going to be supporting so much more um, other than, you know, your gut and your bowel movements. I love that. I, I mean, we could talk about that for quite, quite some time, right? Oh healthy God. brain, healthy gut. Okay. Um, but, you know, I was going to ask you the next question, and maybe uh, I'm just going to tweak it just a little bit. Uh, I was going to ask you how we should adapt our dietary habits as we grow older, you know, from our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Um, but maybe we should just tweak it and say, how can we adopt a more whole food approach at any age, because mm-hmm. I firmly believe, and you uh, have mentioned this now uh, a, a few times that the whole food approach is definitely uh, part of a healthy lifestyle and uh, part of clean eating, if you, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we get away from the, the word of diet Right. Um, and and talk more about uh, eating clean or power foods um, that, that fuel our body. So put it, give us some ideas of how a person at any age could transition into a more whole food, healthy lifestyle eating approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I'm talking about whole foods, you know, I'm basically saying eliminate the things that are processed or found in a box even, right? Like, look, go back to your roots, go back to our ancestral roots of eating protein, eating fruits and vegetables, and finding healthy fats from our foods and 
complex carbohydrates. So, you know, things like sweet potatoes or even the whole grains like quinoa and, and buckwheat and those types of things. When we consume this whole foods type of, I don't, I even like the word diet. I like that you said that. Let's take the word diet out. When we consume like a whole foods lifestyle, we are going to be nourishing the body essentially. And, you know, what I always tell clients is if you can add in three or four additional fruits and veggies a day to start, then that's amazing. So, you know, if you're used to having toast with peanut butter in the morning, um, maybe add in an apple or a banana and then add in, you know, an apple and almonds as a snack or add in carrots and hummus as a snack or just getting used to adding in more because when we start to consume more of the whole foods that our bodies are supposed to consume we start to crave those foods too so I'm sure that you can relate when you have something sweet one day like a cupcake you want another cupcake the next day at around the same time and then you want a cupcake again the next day at the same time it doesn't take long for your body to crave the things that you're consuming a lot of and it's the exact same with healthy whole foods typically after you know that 48 hour mark of consuming more and more fruits and vegetables and less processed foods you actually want to consume those again the next day and when we are consuming these whole foods, you know, we're reducing inflammation in our body, which is a huge marker for any illness and disease. We're going to be nourishing the cells better, right? We're going to be, we're going to be teaching our bodies that when we consume healthy foods, they operate, our, our body systems operate the right way. Um, I always look at our body as a whole, as I mentioned. So we look at things like digestion, um, we look at the nervous system, we look at, you know, your elimination patterns, your gut health, and all of those things are going to function more optimally as we decrease the refined and processed foods in our diets. And um, there is, I did want to mention something about the as we grow older bit. So um, bringing back the word of diet, you know, when we are looking at all of the fad diets out there. <clears throat> if you are of menstruating age, there's not one diet that is going to be good for your body. Um, not, a, not any of them, not intermittent fasting, not um, paleo, not keto, you know, none. Eating whole foods at regular intervals throughout your day is going to be the best way for you to be healthy and maintain a healthy body weight. However, when we get to postmenopausal age, um, our metabolism does significantly slow down and it does become a lot harder to lose the menopause 10 that sometimes happens. Mm -hmm. So um, intermittent fasting actually becomes something that I do recommend to people, but not, not longer than 15 hours of a fast. Um, so basically just overnight plus a few hours. Um, it just gives your body a bit more time to digest and metabolize the things that 
you are consuming because again, as our metabolism slows down, it does need longer um, to process the foods that are in our body. So um, just a little bit about, about nutritional changes throughout your lifespan. That's, that's fascinating too, because um, I've, well, let me just give you a brief idea of what I've implemented over the past uh, couple years. Uh, my husband and I, or I, I mainly um, practice intermittent fasting from my last meal in the evening until approximately noon the next day. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, and I, I, I often post this on the Facebook page, I often build a bowl uh, kind of like a salad at lunch. So the, the, with the base of quinoa or mm-hmm. barley, um, then I add some vegetables. Um, it could be arugula, it could be tomatoes, uh, could be carrots or all of the three with the healthy fats being um, an avocado. And yes. I add a protein source in there too, either hard boiled eggs or today I had uh, tuna fish on my, mm-hmm. on my salad. Um, and yeah, so would that be something that women could uh, could kind of implement if they like those uh, ingredients from a whole food basis? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And um, yeah, are you what what's your age category? 58, are you, 58. 58. Yeah. So and that's amazing. And it's just in the last few years that you've in- implemented the intermittent fasting. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I really like it. I, I know there there are people out there that uh, claim you you shouldn't do it, but I really, yeah, I, I enjoy mm-hmm. it and I, I look forward to that meal. Sometimes I have it a bit earlier, depending on what I've done in terms yeah. of exercise or what. But uh, no, it, it's it's working for me, and I, and I think there are a lot of benefits to intermittent yes. fasting. But as you as you said, there's a time and a place for it, right? Exactly, exactly, and. A lot of the intermittent fasting studies are actually being done on men and men are only living according to the 24 hour clock. And as women in menstruating age, we actually have another biological clock that we work with and it's called the infradian rhythm. So it's our 28 day ish cycle. And so we have two biological clocks. And if we are not living kind of in tune with this second infradian clock um, in our menstruating years, then we're going to have the symptoms coming up as well. And when, you know, we look at factors, we want blood sugar stability as much as possible. And um, things like intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, they, they don't do any wonders for our blood sugar stability, but um, postmenopausally, you know, we're back to just having that 24 hour, um, cycle in our day. And so, um, the blood sugar stability doesn't become as important, still important, but not as important. And, um, the intermittent fasting can do great things for, for a woman's body postmenopausally. Oh, great. Great. Now this leads me to, uh, the first question, if you, if you have a few more minutes, the first yeah. question from a listener, and she wanted to know which diet, I mean, she called it a diet, is best for women 55 and over. Mm-hmm. Now, she mentioned a few examples that you've touched on today. She mentioned paleo. Is paleo great? Keto, fasting. Which diet would be best for women 55 plus? Because 
she has a challenge that her husband only wants meat and potatoes. And so she's, uh, she's faced with almost the situation of, well, I have to prep for myself and then I have to cook for him. Um, and she also mentioned in her question with the high cost of food nowadays, do you have any tips on how we can, what foods we should turn to in order to keep the grocery bills under control? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the first part of the question, the diets, yeah, the diets that don't work typically for women are the paleo, the keto, even some vegans, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it can be really, really damaging to our bodies. Um, obviously not juice cleanses, but again, like the intermittent fasting um, post-menopausally has been shown um, to have significant health benefits. Um, things like the keto diet, it can be, it can be beneficial. Um, you know, if it's high in lean, healthy proteins and good sources of healthy fat, like I don't consider pork rinds to be healthy fat. And that's like a key aspect of any keto diet I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you can, if you can refer to like the whole foods, lifestyle and use those foods there to use keto. And some people do operate really well on high protein, high fat. So if that's something that you feel good doing, then, you know, try to avoid obviously the, the, the bad carbs, like the sugar and the wheat. Um, but if you can feel good consuming like the healthy lean proteins, good sources of fat and vegetables, then by all means, but it is something that, you know, I don't typically recommend to people because I do think that we can get a lot of improvement in our dietary habits just by going back to the basics of reducing the processed um, foods as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that question was... Her husband uh, is a meat and potato. Oh, guy. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like there's nothing wrong. I know. I know that like... Yes, there's a lot of meat and potato guys out there. But if you can add in just some different, like you can consume the meat still. Um, if you want to skip the potatoes, then that's fine. Or you can add in, you know, some type of vegetable. So maybe it's carrots, maybe it's sweet potatoes, maybe it's beans, you know, any any type of vegetable really. And you can kind of play with that different vegetable and you can make some amazing little vegetable stir fries you know they don't have to have the meat in them necessarily you know the husband can just stick to the meat and potatoes and probably like I don't know carrots uh, or something um some form of vegetable as well as the potatoes um but yeah just adapt you can adapt that meat and potatoes to have like meat and vegetables or meat in a stir fry or or you know just I do this for my kids all the time like we'll have similar meals but I they don't like things to be mixed in together so I will just deconstruct it before I mix it all together for my husband and I so you know if I'm making a stir fry they will not eat the stir fry but they will eat the chicken they will eat the brown rice and they will eat the vegetables as long as they're not all together um (laughs) so that's that's an idea too um and then for the groceries, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that question. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because I think it we is. all feel the, the, the crunch when we, uh, or the shock 
when we get uh, to the checkout and we see the the price of of things, right? And yeah. and I always hear people say it is so because my husband and I eat a lot of uh, fruit and vegetables, and yeah. those healthy foods have gone up in price so much for various reasons, of course. But um, it is tricky now. Could I mean? could we turn to frozen alternatives or canned yeah. alternatives? Because yeah. I've always heard that they are as healthy as the fresh stuff. Yeah. So they're not as healthy, but um, the next nutritionally beneficial point is frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, frozen would be the next thing. And then canned is typically last mm, okay. on the list. Um, but something that I've started doing in the last couple of years, um, because I mean, the writing has been on the wall for this inflammation of prices happening so um i grow a few vegetables a lot of them in the summertime that you know we'd eat a lot of so beans really easy to grow and if you have the freezer space you know you can freeze them for wintertime usage um i also discovered something that i now have an indoor tower garden and it grows my lettuce for me. So I haven't bought lettuce or spinach or anything green like that in uh, almost a year now. And I was purchasing like a thing of organic spinach once a week, which it would now be like $12. Um, so I'm, so I have access to that now. And I definitely recommend people um, research those products. They, it's definitely... Um, a cost to to get it started up but once it's running you know very minimal things that you have to do to it and you have access to pesticide free organic produce in your basement all winter long so um, that's also an option but yeah meal planning meal planning can be really helpful when it comes to um, saving money at the store too, because, you know, how often do we go to the store blindly wondering what we're going to cook for dinner this week and being like, Oh, I'll get this, 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 this. And then how much of it gets thrown out at the end of the week because it went bad and we didn't use it. So meal planning can be really beneficial there too. And just being organized before you go to the store, which I say, and sometimes I don't practice as well. Um, but it, it can really be beneficial when, you know, you have a plan in place so that you're not wasting food at the end of the week when it goes bad. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. That's a great tip. I mean, I, I found personally that by planning out uh, at least a few days in advance, we have far fewer products in the fridge that uh, potentially could, uh, mm-hmm. could could go bad. And yeah, yeah no, it's, it's that's a great, great way to um, maybe manage uh, the costs a bit. Uh, and just uh, two, two questions here. And, and you are, um, you are a horm- hormone specialist. So these, I'm just going to touch on them. And uh, uh, I know, I know they're loaded questions, but to what extent <laughs> do our hormones actually affect weight loss? Mm-hmm. And can women balance their hormones through nutrition? I mean, I think you have answered that one quite quite clearly. Yes. Um, yes. But let's let's just tap into this one. To what extent do our hormones actually affect weight loss? Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent, 
hundred percent, they impact weight loss. Um, and it, again, it goes back to your overall gut health. So um, there's something in our gut called the esterobolome. And when it is suffering or not being nurtured properly, or, you know, if we have a long history of antibiotic use or medication use, then it's going to be suffering. And so our estrobolum is dedicated to processing and eliminating any excess estrogen that we have flowing through our body. So estrogen is our female hormone. It makes us very uniquely female and beautiful and passionate individuals. But when there's too much of it, um, it gets stored in our fat cells. <clears throat> and then the more fat cells we have, the more estrogen that we produce. And our body's going to really struggle to eliminate it if our estrobolum is struggling. So um, studies and anecdotal evidence from all of my clients that I help with weight loss have shown that as we improve that estrobolum and the gut health through nutrition and supplementation with a probiotic, the um, gut flora actually improves. And as your weight decreases, your gut health increases. So lots of studies show that um, our healthy bacteria ratio to bad bacteria ratio improves um, when we start changing our diet. And as we lose weight, then our gut health improves also. So weight is directly impacted by our hormonal health. And again, it's that estrogen, progesterone, cortisol trifecta of fun. And um, when we start to balance that out, um, we can heal a lot of symptoms that are causing us grief, weight being one of them. Wow, that's so well explained. Thank you for that. Who should seek out the help and guidance from a nutritionist? I mean, if someone's mm -hmm. on the fence, do I do I need the help? Who should get that help? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that any, anyone, anyone can see a nutritionist. Um, really, I think that, you know, if you're experiencing symptoms that you're not getting solutions from anyone else with, you know, maybe you've tried different medications and they're not working or you feel horrible taking the medications. Um, I myself thought once thought that I was doing all the things right for my diet but I was still experiencing so many symptoms and so many hormone issues. And unfortunately, our medical system is great for stitching us up, um, but it's not really great at using a root cause approach to our health. And this is kind of where holistic nutrition bridges the gap between illness and health. So I would really say that anyone who wants to learn about food and lifestyle strategies that they can use throughout their lives to reduce or eliminate symptoms would be a fabulous fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That's uh that's a huge piece. Maybe turning things around and taking uh, uh, less medication to help the symptoms uh, that's guidance and, and definite help you can get from a nutritionist. Yeah. yeah. What is the one takeaway you'd like everyone to know from today's talk? I would love everyone to know that there is huge power in nutrition. And when you have the right tools and strategies, um, then you can 
empower yourself to make amazing choices and changes and um, live the vibrant life that you deserve to live. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today, Hannah, and your expert advice. How can my listeners get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have a... um, something called a complimentary hormone breakthrough call. And it is just a quick 15 to 20 minute call that, you know, we go over your symptoms, how I can help you, um, what my program looks like. Um, I have the healthy hormone mastery program, which I do enroll the majority of my clients with. And if you're not a good fit for the healthy hormone mastery program, um, usually it's because you have a whole slew of, autoimmune issues going on or you're a man, um, then I do one-to-one nutritional counseling with you as well. And um, I also have my website is www.naturallywellbyhannah.com. I'm on Facebook. Um, My Instagram is naturally underscore well underscore by underscore Hannah and I am not often on LinkedIn but I do have a LinkedIn account if you want to connect with me that way oh wonderful I will uh, put all of those links also in the show notes today and I would strongly recommend uh, everyone look Hannah up follow her both her Facebook page and her Instagram account offer a wealth of information and be sure and take her up on the complimentary hormone breakthrough call. Thank you so much, Hannah. I I could talk to you forever. You're just uh, (laughs) (laughs) so knowledgeable on this topic. Uh, So thanks. Thanks for sharing uh, your knowledge today with us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, that brings us to the end of our chat today with Hannah Gregg. I hope you enjoyed all of the golden nuggets of wisdom that she shared with us. I would also like to invite you to become part of the Inspiration to Grow community on Facebook. The group name is Inspiration to Grow for Female Goalgetters, and of course that's with the digit two. It's meant to be a community of like-minded women who want to grow strong from the inside out. There will be journaling prompts, nutrition and fitness tips, exercises to try, encouraging conversations among the community, and much, much more. So be sure to join us uh, for support, for new ideas, and for the necessary rocket fuel to propel your health and wellness to new heights. You owe it to yourself to take care of yourself, show up for yourself, and be the best version of you. And in case you haven't heard it yet today, let me be the first to tell you, you're incredible you're capable, and your potential is limitless. I believe in you 100%. Now go out there and show the world what you are truly made of. I hope to have inspired you to grow. Till next time.